Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for all the saints here gathered together. Uh, Father, we just thank you for your presence with us, within us. And Father, we ask you to bless uh, all of the word that is taught today, that is preached today, that it would be inspired by you, by the power of your spirit, that Father, uh, eyes would be open to see, ears would be open to hear, hearts would be open to receive. And so, so we thank you that you're doing a mighty work in each and every one of us. We thank you for the change, the transformation that has taken place each and every day because we trust in you. We trust in your son, Jesus, and your glorious work that just continues on inside of us. So, Father, we are honored to be called your children. Jesus, we are honored to be called your brothers and sisters, uh, Father. And so we just praise you in the glorious name of Jesus, your son. Amen. Well, last week we began teaching uh, in, oh, we have it. Amen. Amen. So I began to lay the foundation for the Gospel of Luke last week, and uh, one of the same things that I shared was uh, Luke was, we know he was a doctor, he was a physician, a very well-educated man, um, and, but he wasn't one of the actual apostles that walked with Jesus. He didn't, he didn't uh, uh, experience Jesus uh, firsthand in that regard. Uh, it's believed that he was a Gentile, and I gave some evidence, some scriptural evidence to that last week. Uh, but as, it, as the opening statement begins uh, in Luke, inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered, delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. He was called by God to write the gospel. Uh, it's believed that he wrote the book of Acts. Uh, the book of Acts is also 
was, was actually addressed to Theophilus. He, he was an apostle of Christ. And, but it's believed that, uh, that Luke traveled, uh, spent many travels with uh, the Apostle Paul. And so look at the Apostle Paul and look what he wrote. and Look at his instruction to the church. Amen. So not only did he, being born again and experience the power of God and through the calling that was placed upon his life, but as all of the eyewitness accounts and so forth that were presented, and uh, so this just lays the foundation and begins. I'm just going to kind of just simply review it, but uh, briefly review it. Uh, um, <clears throat> the angel Gabriel was sent to uh, Zacharias. He was a, he was a priest, um, and he was, uh, it was his, his time, his appointment to go into the temple and, um, and, uh, and give the incense in the, in the temple. And uh, when he did, he was met by an angel who told him that his wife, who was up in years, they never had any children together, that she was going to bear a son. His name would be John. And God had a special plan and purpose for his life, that he would be the one to usher in the way of the Lord, make way the straight, the, the way of the Lord, make straight his path. We know that that would come about. And uh, anyway, he, uh, he didn't believe that to be true, or he had doubt. And in verse 19, chapter 1, verse 19 reads, And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. Well, he doubted, and because of that, he was made mute, and he was unable to speak or convey any of that conversation that he had with the angel uh, until the birth of the child. So his words couldn't undo the miracle that God was about to perform. Amen. Amen. And so we have those kind of situations in our lives that look, are you kidding the, what the world says? This is impossible. But, you know, you, then you sit back and smile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know for the world it is impossible, but for God, all things are possible. Amen. So she conceived, she became pregnant in the sixth month. The angel Gabriel then was sent by God to a city of uh, Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin Betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel greeted her, saying, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Can you imagine having that experience? Maybe being at home, being in a bedroom of your home, and all of a sudden you wake up and here's this luminous angel, right? And God has a word for. <laughs> For you, right? I mean, it would be, you know, I guess it would be a, a bit shocking, right? I mean. <laughs> so, but she didn't doubt, but she did, you know, her response was uh, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting it was, not doubting. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Amen. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And we went back to, the, you know, Jesus been, has been the seed, of, uh, uh, the seed of Christ was predicted right in the garden. That God said that when he was speaking to Satan, he said, I will bring enmity between your seed and the woman's seed, and 
you will bruise his heel, but he shall crush your head. And, and that was the first introduction right after Adam and Eve had fallen in the garden. And so we have uh, to Moses, God revealed to Moses that through his seed, God was going to raise up this great king. God did it. He, he, it was revealed to Jacob. It was revealed to so many of the prophets in the Old Testament. Many of them, uh, Isaiah, of course, wrote, it, wrote the account in uh, Isaiah 53, uh, the distinct account of what Jesus would do, that he would be a suffering servant, uh, that he would bear the sins of, of all mankind, that he would carry our griefs and carry our sorrows. Yeah, those would be sicknesses and illnesses and, and uh, emotional pain and depression and things that people struggle with with. Well, Adam and Eve never had these things to struggle with in the garden until they fell because of their sin. And that was a, that was a byproduct of the sin. That was, no, that was a, a, a direct result, if you will, uh, of the sin of Adam and Eve. And we were born into that condition. Well, that's what Jesus came to redeem us of. And we're still in this world. We've been born again, right? And we're still imperfect creatures. And it's an ugly world to live in. But this world hasn't been redeemed. Redemption has been provided for all mankind, but our kingdom is not of this world. Amen? That's good news. Man, our kingdom is going to be with our Heavenly Father and with Jesus, and it's going to be uh, on the new earth, and the heaven as we know it today is going to come down, the new Jerusalem, and it's going to reside on this new earth. And man, we're going to live and rule and reign with our Heavenly Father and with Jesus forever and ever. Amen? And there's never going to be, you know, any grief, any name-calling, anyone plotting evil against us, anyone taking something that doesn't belong to them. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be God is love. And, and what he is doing, you know, is, is he is, we are growing in love as we are being transformed. Because if we don't grow in love, we, we miss the boat, right? None of it has any relevance or has any value without love. Right? I mean, even if you think and consider the commandments given in the Old Testament, and God had to give a standard. He had to lay something out there because these people were just the way they were behaving, right? The Israelites. And so he had to give them some standard, some form. But when you analyze each and every one of the commandments, it always, you, you, there's always a relational factor either with God or with one another. Right? Thou shalt not this, shalt not that. When you do those things, we're violating God's law of love. Right? So really the law of love is what, that's what matters the most. Right? And Jesus was asked that. He was asked that by the scribes, the Pharisees, you know, hey, teacher, what's the greatest law? They were always trying to teach, uh, trip Jesus up, you know. The greatest law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, all of your strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. If you do those two things, you have fulfilled the law and the prophets. Amen? And treat others the way you would have them treat you, right? If ever in doubt, how would I like to be treated in this situation? And if we always put the question there before we act and before we said things, uh, then guess what? We might have different results. We might have different actions and different words to say if we would consider that. And, you know, we can't love in and of our own self and our own nature, our own natural condition. Only our supernatural condition, which is a born-again condition, and we can love now because he lives in us. It's now him living in us. And isn't that really now the relationship? That's the, the work that we do is to believe and trust in him. The work that we do is to really submit our will unto him, relinquish our will, and say, Lord, have your way in me, right? Amen? 
If you're struggling with something, give it to him. You're already forgiven. Lord, help me to overcome this thing or that thing or whatever it is. And you know what? That's, you're, in, you're walking in God's perfect will when you're doing that, right? You might be struggling with something. God's not looking at your sin now. Our Heavenly Father, he's looking at, we are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what he looks down and he sees. Our Heavenly Father sees perfection. Because what we are becoming is what that seed is, and that seed is Christ, and that seed is perfect. And one day, we're going to stand before our Heavenly Father, perfect, spirit, soul, and body. That's the good news. There is going to be an end to all this evil going on. It's discouraging, right? It's disheartening to see some of the stuff going on today, and it just, but you know what? This one day, one day, we're not going to have to live in this, deal with this, experience it, this, and Jesus has the victory over Satan, all the powers of darkness. Amen. We can be assured of that. Amen. That is our hope by which we live. Yes. Amen? It's good versus evil. Amen. Man, we've chosen, we know what it means to be good. And not just to be good to you know, try and earn God's merit or grace, but to want to do good, to, want to, to desire to be loving toward people. And once again, that, that's him working in us. And, you know, when we experience love in a, in a family setting and you know, people just loving on one another and saying nice things and encouraging. And, you know, yesterday, uh, the, 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 uh, the wedding of, of my nephew and, and Ashley, his wife, Malachi and Ashley, uh, we had never met the other side of the family. And it was a big family. I mean, there had to have been 300 people in this place. And, but you know what? It was such a loving environment. And... They, everyone was believers. People were quoting the word of God. Uh, I mean, we got all done, and they were singing. They had some gospel songs they were, they were dancing to and stuff, and, and, and it was terrific. But just to watch people and experience people loving on one another, being kind, being just, I mean, that's the environment that it's going to be like in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven, and that's what he desires. That's what we have here. You know, we're a family. We're the family of God, and we come together, and we love on one another, Right? We care about one another and the things that are going on. And that's, God says, do not forsake the, the, the gathering of the saints. It's for this reason, because guess what? We need to build, be built up. We need to be encouraged. We need to be sharpened, right, by the word of God. Amen? Iron sharpens iron. And you know what? God sharpens us. God makes us ready. God makes us, you know, he br always brings us to a place where uh, we're, we can be comforted before him. We can be at peace. We just have this knowing of his love. We have this assurance that he loves us. We are one with him. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Man, that's, that's the truth. No matter what the devil wants to whisper in your ear, because he does. He wants to point out your faults. He, he's the accuser of the brethren. Amen. So after this is revealed to, to Mary, uh, man, God's going to bring forth a son through you. His name's going to be Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. How long? No end. It'll never end. We can't even begin to fathom in our minds what that means. We say the word everlasting and eternal, no end. No end. Right? God is a mystery, but no end is a mystery. No beginning is a mystery for God. The fact that he knew how he'd mess up, and he already had a plan in the beginning, because Jesus is the lamb slain since before the foundation of the world. That's good news. That's the good news of the gospel. 
And, you know, we should get excited when we share it with other people. Our excitement wears off. It's contagious. When people are like, wow, you really believe that. You bet I believe it. It's true. And that, it should be just that simple. It should be a fun thing. It should be a, man, we should be fired up when we're sharing the word of God. And just fired up. How, what's he done in our lives, right? Praise God. And then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Indeed, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for who who is called barren. For God, nothing will be impossible. You know, this, we have to live our lives like this. You know, we have, man, we have circumstances in our lives that for us, they are impossible, right? For us, they're just like, you know, climbing Mount Everest. How many people try to climb out Mount Everest and make it to the top, right? Very few, right? But in Jesus, we can make it every time, right? We have to know of God's, you know, God doesn't want us to, he was frustrated that the, uh, that the, the people of Israel, when they were wandering through the desert for, 40 years, it was never his plan. They were, they were moaning and groaning, complaining with their bellies full, everything they had need of, complaining like, wow, we're going to go back to Egypt and become slaves again, right? Come on, stupid. <laughs> right? I mean, why would you want to do that? Right? And then there was a time where they, you know, remember Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments, the tablet, and they're down and they're melting the gold, and then they're forming and shaping it into calves. Cows, calves, because that's what they worshipped in Egypt. And uh, so, you know, God was trying to deliver them, not just from the bondage of slavery, but in their thinking and in their hearts and their minds, they were enslaved, right? All right. So now in verse 38... Uh, after this angel Gabriel has brought this good news to, to Mary, uh, her response is, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary had, Mary had a free will. God didn't force himself upon her. She just didn't wake up and all of a sudden she had conceived not knowing the husband, she, the soon-to-be husband, she was betrothed to, to uh, Joseph. And God didn't just force himself upon her. God presented his plan to her. God has a plan he presents to us, right? And we have a free will to accept it or not. And, but her heart was open. Behold the maidservant of the Lord. And that's what we should, that's how we should respond to the Lord when he, when he prompts us, when he calls us, when we know that he's moving us to, to do something for him, uh, to serve him in the kingdom of God. Uh, behold your servant. Behold your maidservant. And she says, let it be to me according to your word, as you have said. So she believed, she had trusted, trusted that word to be true Amen. from angel, the angel Gabriel. And, you know, it was that very moment that the Holy Spirit was planted into her womb. And Jesus was conceived the moment she said yes. The moment we said yes when we heard the gospel, the good news, and we said yes, guess what? The Holy Spirit, we were rebirthed. The Holy Spirit joined together with our spirit, and we became a new creation into him. It's a magnificent thing. There's more that went on in the inside than we're even aware of. Amen.
And that's our continual state today. That's good news. And when trials and things that uh, don't seem normal hit our lives, as we search God's word, we should be saying that same thing. Let it be, uh, to me, according to your word, Lord. Not according to the report of the doctor or according to the report of the world, but according to your word. Amen. Amen. Now in verse 39, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb. The babe was John the Baptist. The babe was filled with the Holy Spirit from conception. God had a plan for John, John the Baptist. Um, We read some scripture verses uh, last week about... Uh, the very last book in Malachi talks about the, the coming uh, of Elijah, that he will come before the coming of the Lord. And the coming of Elijah would be, as we remember, Elijah was, was taken up from God and he never, way back in his ministry, he didn't die there. He never, he just was taken up from, from this earth. And, and it, anyway, so we read where the apostles were asking him later about John. And he says, is it true that John, was he Elijah? Is he, was he the Elijah to come that was uh, prophesied uh, in the book of Malachi, the last book in the Bible? And he says, yeah, if you have ears to hear, he said, yes, he was. That was the spirit of Elijah. And that was John the Baptist. And God had a special role, a special plan for his life for his life, for Mary's life. And once again, I want to make it a personal thing and say to everyone in here, to every person in the kingdom of God, God has a special plan for us, a special calling, and a special purpose in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? And if you don't know what that is, you know, pray about it, ask him. You probably already know it in your heart, but God will reveal it. He wants to reveal it. He made you for a specific purpose. We've we've all been born to be here at a time like this. We're in the very end days. We're here to be a light to this world, lost and dying world. If the church was not here in this world, when the church gets raptured out of this world, you think it looks ugly now? You think it's dark now? It's, it's, It's the goodness of God. It's his light and his presence in the church that we stand up to the world. We say, no, this isn't right. That's not right. Um... And, and, and we stand against evil. We take a stand. Guess what? We're in a battle. And it's good versus evil. And in Christ, we're going to stand up for the sake of good and however the Lord is going to use us. And, and guess what? That can be at the workplace. It can be anywhere and everywhere that God's called us to be in life. To stand up for Him, for the truth, for the gospel, but to stand up for righteousness, to stand up for what's right what's good, what's decent, amen? And remember that you're never alone. You're never alone. You know, I, I had an experience once going into a hospital. I don't like going to hospitals. It just, there, you know, there's just that spirit of death there. And so I was going to see someone who was very ill. And I didn't want to take the elevator up, so I took the staircase. 
And as I was walking, it was kind of, a, it was kind of like a, a, a rhythm as I was walking. And all of a sudden, it was, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You need to see yourself when you're in that valley or even when you're on the high mountain. You got a hold of Jesus' hand on one side. A hold of God's hand, the Father, on the other side. You are not alone. You got the power team with you. And if you will just close your eyes and see it, it, it it's like, you know, Elijah said to, uh, Elisha said to his, uh, to God when he was surrounded. They were surrounded by the enemy. And Elisha said, God, show my servant and God opened the eyes of his servant to see that there were God's chariots of fire just surrounding these enemies. Well, praise God, when you're surrounded by the enemy, close your eyes and see the goodness of God because he's got you surrounded with chariots of fire. He's with you. Jesus is with you. You got a victory coming. So don't let the enemy have any part of your thinking. Amen? Amen. Amen. So in verse 45, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and, sent the, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. We are his seed. We are the seed of Abraham. Those who, who are of faith, who would believe God's word to be true, and receive, accept the gracious gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are born again, and the born-again nature of who we are is the seed of Christ. That's why he suffered. He went to the cross. He suffered. He bore our sins for the sake of the seed who would receive him, those who would grab a hold of and embrace that message of truth and make him Lord of their lives. Amen. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Now Elizabeth, Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. And so it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. But they said to her, there is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So he made signs to his father 
what he would have called him. That's Zacharias. Uh, Zacharias still was mute. Remember, he was made mute because he didn't believe what the, the angel Gabriel had said. And he asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote saying, his name is John, and they all marveled. Now, he hadn't spoken to his wife. How did she know his name was going to be John, right? Well, that's the Lord. Is anything too big for him? Big things, little things. You know, there's little things that are big to us. They don't happen just circumstantially, right? You can see that there's a distinct purpose and plan and the timing, the circumstances, how they all come together. Man, that, we serve an awesome God. Amen? We serve an awesome God. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke, praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around, around them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard him kept, kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child would this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. Amen. We, we serve God without fear. We shouldn't have fear of God. Our fear is a holy God. It's just an awesome, you know, another word for fear, the fear of the Lord is to be, wow, in awe of God. It's like, wow, God, man, how... You're so big, you're so awesome, you're so mighty. You know, we can't comprehend, you know, when we can't comprehend in our mind the things of God, there's no other better word to express than, oh, awesome. you're awesome, God. You know, that's the kind of holy fear that we have. But not to be afraid of God, not to be afraid of his judgment, not to be afraid of his punishment, not to be of something that you've done and you've fallen short. Because God's not, he's not mad at you. He loves you. He's committed to you. Always forever. Amen? And isn't it interesting how uh, once, John, once Zacharias had a testimony, he now could speak with all boldness. Prior to that, you know, it had to zip his lip because he was going to say, I don't believe it. This is not going to happen. My wife's old. <laughs> you know? Now he comes out and goes, wow! <laughs> God is so amazing. He's so good. Look what he's done for us. Amen. Amen. To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will, be go, will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. 
So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to continue in this next week. And, uh, but look at the words revealed. You know, we read over this stuff. And if, you just, if we read it and we just meditate on this, this is before, you know, this was, Jesus was about to be presented. He was going to be presented by John the Baptist. Now, he was presented through all, the older, all, all of the scriptures that were, were foretold, were written, were spoken and written by the prophets of old, the coming of Christ, that, that, uh, that the seed of Abraham, through the seed of Abraham as it was, was promised to him, God took Abraham outside, and that's before he even had a son physically. And he was 75 years old, wouldn't conceive a child until he was 99 years old. They had to wait 25 years for the promise. His wife was 10 years his younger, beyond the age. Uh, beyond the age of, in the natural, having children, right? Uh, and God, what did he do? Go on outside. And, you know, and there wasn't all the lights from the city, and out there it was, you know, and it was beautiful, and there was no air pollution, and man, it was just awesome. God said, look at the stars and see if you can count them. Those are going to be your descendants one day. As, your descendants will be as numerous as those stars in the sky and as numerous as the sands on the seashores. And guess what? All of the nations of the earth would be blessed through him. The seed would come from not just the people who he would have a son and that through his son that there would be a generation and then more generations and God would raise up the people of Israel. But this was not a specific promise to the people of Israel. This would be to all of the families of the earth. And, but ultimately, the seed would come through the lineage of Abraham. That seed would be born and would be Christ. And it would be through him that we would be blessed and we would become the children of God. Amen. Well, that's, that's, that's good news. That's the good news of the gospel right there. God bless you. I hope you've been blessed.